0: Okay, we're going to be in Psalm 86 this morning. A little bit of a detour to Psalm 86, uh, because we're going to do things a little different today. Um, Y'all know me, I don't like to wing it. Uh, I don't like to just sort of get up here and talk, Uh, but this week has necessarily changed how I approach this morning. Uh, I, I went last Sunday thinking I would be back Monday night and that this week would unfold normally, uh, and that I'd have all my resources to produce the message for this morning, and none of that was true. And so, um, here we are. Uh, I, uh, I guess I should update you. Um, So I drove to, I drove Jay to Houston to pick up his truck. Uh, Monday morning, as we uh, went to the dealership, we were in Houston, getting on to 610, which is the big loop around, the inner loop, there's like four now, I think. But it's the inner loop around the city, and so we were getting on that to head up to, the place was near Tomball, which is the other side of town from where my mom lives, where we stayed. So on our way onto 610, my transmissions stopped working. And uh, you know the gas was accelerating, but it, there was nothing. It wasn't moving, uh, and so we were generally slowing down. And I had to drop it down in the third to see if it would catch, and it caught enough for me to get put a little and get over, and then it stopped working, and we kind of coasted off and onto a side street where uh, Tow truck showed up. It, it took a little bit. Houston's hot, if y'all know. <laughs> Houston's really hot. Uh, but a tow truck showed up fairly quickly uh, once we called, and they took us to one shop, and then that guy was like, I don't have time. To send me over to another place. Um, and then I called my mom once we got there, and they said they could work on it and try to get it through quickly. Quickly with the tr- transmission is, you know, days. So we sat there, they didn't have any AC, sat there in the heat for however long. Took my mom, I don't know. Nothing against her, she had to get ready, she had to get up there, It's halfway across town. It just took a while. Um, When she got there, we left the Yukon, we went on up to the dealer to get Jay's truck, got Jay's truck, it took us a little while. Um, The next day, I had to drive up to a place to buy a new transmission so that it would have warranty on it because the place couldn't offer me warranty on a transmission they bought from somewhere else, so I had to go and buy it. Uh, and then my mom's AC wasn't working that day and we drove about an hour up a street called Kirkwood, which if you've ever been in Houston and been on Kirkwood, it's one of the worst roads in town. And so we're on after for about an hour with no AC in my mom's car. It was just, it was miserable. Then we sat at the dealership trying to figure everything out with the bank and just all the different things that you do. It took them a while. In the course of that, I missed a window to get to the pharmacy and had to get my meds because I didn't take enough meds. Like a moron, I, I've learned, I'll take all my meds everywhere from <laughs> now. Got it. But I'd only taken the two days worth of meds and a little bit extra. Like like enough for, you know, if anything went wrong and we had to stay an extra day. But I went all of Tuesday basically without meds. And so I was not feeling good at all. Um, Just miserable body, mental, all the things. Thankfully, the next morning, the place opened up. Was, they were able to get me all the meds that I needed, which is good. Um, on the way to get those meds, my mom's car had a flat tire. So I had to fix a flat tire in the heat. I'm telling y'all, it was one thing after another. Like a, They call it a comedy of errors, but I was not laughing at all. Um, Finally got the Yukon back around 2 p.m. on Thursday and me and Jay headed home. And I got home Friday morning about 1 a.m. completely uh, wiped out. I was annoyed with everyone and everything, all all parties considered. Uh, I was angry at my Yukon. I was angry at Houston. Which is justifiable, and I was angry at God for that for the experience that I had just gone through. Um, I was exhausted physically and, and mentally and spiritually. Um, I was sad about the state of my finances because they're just not great, uh, and that played into sort of things that happened. I was convinced that nothing good, could come from any of this, any of what I experienced. Uh, And I had agreed initially to go to Houston even though I I had a bad feeling about going. Um, I even told Jackson the night before uh, that I thought it was a bad idea. You remember me saying that? Yeah. And I'd said something to him and I'd said something to Rick. Um, I'm thankful that I did. uh, Maybe a couple others, I, I think I said maybe a couple other things, but I'm thankful I told Rick He was the last one out last Sunday, and I was saying it to him, and he stopped to pray for me, and I'm thankful that he did. Uh, So, with all that said, we're going to jump into a psalm that I think uh, I can pull some things out of my experience and see how this all fits together. And so it's Psalm 86. We're going to be in verse 1. We'll read the first 13 verses. If you want to follow along with me. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. For I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, and listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, none are there, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. May God bless the reading of this word. Alright, so like I said, it's going to be a little different. I'm going to go through and break down the verses, but I didn't have time to study all the Greek and Hebrew and all the fun things normally. Uh, So, you're getting sort of a quick draw on this one. In the first couple of verses, he talks about, uh, this is a prayer of David, he talks about being needy, uh, asking God to save your servant who trusts in you. Now this this week I, I prayed pretty much along these lines, uh, not in a spiritual sense, not save me from eternal you know torment and hell and all. I didn't pray any of that. I was praying save me. I am needy. Save me from this situation that I'm in in the moment. Um, I I needed rescue and I needed deliverance and. Uh, What I think we need to recognize here is that salvation isn't just eternal, it's present. We can be presently saved from things as well, Uh, even if we have to go through them. I had to go through this week. I had to experience the things that I experienced, but God was still saving me through that. And I think that's important for us to recognize when, because I'm not the only one who's had a burnt out transmission, right? Or something. We all go through things. Uh, we all need rescue and we all need deliverance in the present as well as in the eternal. So it's good to recognize that. In verse 3 it talks about uh, be gracious to me O Lord for to you I cry. And he says all the day long and maybe, that, maybe that's exaggerated. I don't know. But Be gracious, because I'm crying out to you. I told you I was drained pretty much of emotion. I I remember at one point sitting at my mom's uh, kitchen table, just sort of staring vaguely at the wall. Not, Not really thinking, not really processing anything, just kind of blank. And I don't do that much. Because um, usually my brain is engaged and I'm thinking about something and something's going on usually, but I just checked out and I don't I don't typically do that. But I cried out to God in in moments along the way because uh, I feel like. I've come to this place and I've, I've given what God asks of me, and yet I, I was being punished. And Steve even said, I think in the email, no good deed goes unpunished. And so I felt like that. I felt like I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm being punished for it. And that, you know, but I was still calling out to God, and that's key. Uh, because A lot of times I think what happens is people get upset, people get angry at the situations they go through, the things that they experience, and they stop talking to God because they're upset. And then that relationship just sort of breaks. Not from God's side, obviously, but from us. So I continued talking to God even in all of my upsetness. I would have these moments of, you call it a struggle, I guess, kinda of like Jacob wrestling with God trying to get the blessing. Um, but I struggled with why God would allow this to happen. Um, and I remember at one point I just wanted to go yell at the sky, just, just go out somewhere. Ah. Just let it let it out. Because I had a lot sort of bottling up. And I had a couple of people tell me, no, that won't do any good. And I thought, yeah, that will do a lot of good. You know um, especially if I could aim it at Houston like, <laughs> anyway in verses 4 and 5 he says uh, to you O Lord I lift up my soul for you abound in steadfast love to all who call on you now I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone I didn't really feel like I wanted to talk to anyone I had to keep talking to people. I had to talk to the transmission place, and I had to talk to the tow truck, and I had to talk to the, you know, my mom, and Jay, and Steve, and different folks about what was going on. I had to talk to folks, didn't want to talk to anybody. I don't know if y'all have experienced that, when, when you sort of get into a situation, you're, you're upset, and you're hurt, and you're depressed maybe even, and you just don't want to talk to anybody. And that's where I was, I just wanted to sit, in my room with the door closed and just be there. Uh, I was afraid actually of what might come out of my mouth if I didn't talk to folks. I was really having to keep a check on it because uh, I don't I don't have a potty mouth but I can and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to unleash on any of the people I was talking to. Uh, I didn't want to take it out on them for what I was going through, you know, uh, because it wasn't it wasn't Jackson's fault that the transmission was out. So I didn't want when I talked to him, I didn't want to be ang- let that angry sort of spill over. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I tried not to say anything to too many people, but I also trust that, uh, and this is important. I trust that God is big enough to handle anything that I'm thinking or feeling. I do trust in that. One of the few things that I don't have any problem with is just being honest with God. Because I'm convinced that communicating, even if it's about negative stuff, is more important than not communicating. It's necessary. And so even if I'm saying angry things to God. Even if I'm questioning God, I'm still talking to God. And that's so much more important. And I think there's evidence all through scripture of that happening. You look at even the songs of David, other songs than this one, and it's have you forgotten me? Where are you? Why has this become what is going on? You know, that that sort of thing is there oh how long oh Lord will you abandon us and God continues to interact and David's actually called a man after God's own heart and he says all these things And so I didn't think there was anything wrong with me being honest with God and saying things to God that I probably couldn't say to anybody else just keep communicating that was the key and I did all week In verses 6 and 7, it talks about, Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. And as I said earlier in the explanation of what happened, pardon me, I was in a desperate situation. I had, just before all this, I had spent $2,000. On a credit card to fix the newer Yukon so that Melissa could take it to Kansas. We had to fix, uh, we had a, a coolant leak and a Freon leak. So the air was hot and the coolant was leaking all the time. So the engine was running hot. So we had this whole thing going on. So I just spent all that money on that. and didn't have any money. I didn't have that money. Much less transmission money. And I, was, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to fix the transmission at all, but I was gonna be stuck <clears throat> when they told me how much it would cost. I was, I was devastated, I was overwhelmed, it was crazy expensive. I like think it was forty two hundred dollars, and that, and then labor was on top of that. I was pretty sure I was gonna be stuck in Houston with no vehicle, or either that, or I was gonna to have to ride home with Jay and then be stuck here with no vehicle. Either way. Um, and I mean that yukon has been a good vehicle for the most part. It's gotten us around. It's taken us places. It's done its, it's, done its job. But I was pretty convinced that that was over. And that we were going to be stuck with one car. And I didn't know how we were going to manage. Um, I was stressed and I was worried. There's something about... The unknown, about not knowing how you're going to make the next thing, that just can be overwhelming. And so I called out to God, and and in the day of my trouble, God, listen, please. Listen to what I'm asking. In verses 8 through 10, David claimed that there are no gods like God, there's none like him. For you are great, and do wondrous things. Now, there are no gods other than God, right? I mean, there's these other things, deities. But there is only one God. There is only one Yahweh. Amen. And Yahweh provided for me this week in a lot of different ways. Um, First of all, where this happened, even though it was far from my home, my mom and sister both live in Houston, and so I had a place to stay. I didn't have to get a hotel room and spend more money that I didn't have. I didn't have to worry about all of that. I had a place to stay, which was good. I got some calls from some folks who wanted to help and who did help uh, immensely. And through them, God provided for my need and took care of it. I'm trying not to get too emotional, but that's... We don't like to depend on others. We don't like to... We're, you know, the American way. Do it yourself, pull yourself up by your breech traps and all that stuff. And so we don't tend to like those sort of experiences. But I'll say this. I felt so loved in those moments when people were reaching out to me, praying with me, praying for me, and then providing because God was moving them to provide for me. My mom drove me around to all the places that I needed to go um, up to the place to buy the transmission and back. And I mean, you know, we had difficulty with her car and whatnot, but still had a way to do it. Everything got taken care of. Even, even my meds, like I said, yeah, I was able to, typically, y'all I mean, know how pharmacies work, right? Most of y'all take meds of some sort you only get so much supply and then if you're not close to the end of that supply you're not going to get any more. But the pharmacy down there was able to call my pharmacy and explain the situation and get the transfer and got enough for me to go. So that was huge. And I'm very thankful to those folks at that pharmacy. Uh, but the irony in the, of all of it is that in a situation where I felt at least at first, as if God was abandoning me, the Lord showed up and provided for me. Right in the law of that. And I I say all this to to say, before I go on, I believe that that's who God is, even when I doubt it. Does that make sense? I lean into it, even if I don't always fully think so. I'm going to put my foot into the blank space and just trust because God has shown up for me time and time again and I believe God has shown up for y'all as well and will continue to show up for all of us. In verse 11 David says, teach me your way that I may walk in your truth which very much sounds like Psalm 119 if you sort of read it and hear what he's saying um I I still have doubts and I need reassurance. I've, I've confessed this a number of times. I, I'm not up here with 100% fantastic faith. That's not who I am. If that's who y'all wanted, y'all got the wrong guy. Um, but I'm willing to lean forward even when I doubt. And walk. I try as best I can to continue walking in the Spirit, even when I don't feel like it. But I do still need to learn to trust. Uh, Like, we read the stories of the disciples in various moments, and we think they're with Jesus. They've seen him provide in various ways and heal people and walk on. Why don't they just trust the next thing? But they don't. Over and over again, they don't. And I'm I'm right there, right in that crew, which is apparently very good company. The kingdom of God. So I still need to learn to trust. I still need to, to figure out how to keep my eyes on God when I step out of the boat, when the storm is raging all around me, when the waves are capsizing everything and pouring in. And there's a song, I don't know if any of y'all have heard it, it's a song by Natalie Grant called Even in the Storm. And I feel like that, I'll praise you in this storm. I will step out because I feel like Jesus wants us to follow him even through the tough stuff and I'm pretty sure that's what he told us was coming anyway and I still need to lean into what the Holy Spirit is doing I I can't see ahead I couldn't see ahead of the things that were happening this week I couldn't tell you what the next thing was I, I was lost When we pull off and the transmission isn't working, I was like, "What do I do?" I've done it before, but it was just one of those moments. I was like, "Okay, let's find a place close by. Let's get a tow truck. Like figuring it all out." But what do I do? How do I how do I figure this out? How do I pay for what it's going to cost? How do I all the things? I didn't know what was next. Uh, I was thinking about my trip next week to New Mexico? How do I manage to get to New Mexico for a thing that I've already sort of paid for parts of if I don't have a vehicle? How do I do that? Um, And what is God trying to tell me? And I didn't know from moment to moment. And so it wasn't, it wasn't easy to lean into the Holy Spirit and trust and take that step into what seemed like open space. And I feel like I still need to, to learn about that and how to do it and keep doing it. I'm not there yet. I'm a work in progress. And this may seem funny, I don't know, but I need to listen to my own sermons. Not because I'm a great preacher or you know, fascinated with my voice or anything else, but just the, the things I've been saying for 10 years now here, you know, the way God will provide through the hard times and how we have to trust whether or not we feel like trusting. And like I have said before, I feel like most of my sermons I'm preaching to me throughout the week, I'm, I'm hearing from God, God speaking to me, I'm sharing with y'all. But yeah. Verses 12 and 13, as he wraps up this part of it, says, He gives thanks with his whole heart, for great is your love. And then he says that he's been delivered from the depths of Sheol. I'll say this on this side of it this is part of the reason I chose this passage is you see David calling out you see him crying out you see him going through something difficult and begging God to listen begging God to be present and active in the situation and then you get to this part and he gives thanks with his whole heart and glorifies God's name and says he's been delivered so, I, you know, I've been talking more with God this past week than probably I had in the weeks and months before. When everything's coasting, I talk to God, just not as often. Everything's okay, you know? But I talked to God a lot this week, and I feel like I'm actually closer to the Lord now than I was last Sunday. that makes any sense at all Um, and I'm thankful for that and I don't want to go back to the coasting where I don't talk to God so much so I feel like it it has done something good in my life even though I experienced something bad in my life I did I also needed to be reminded that I, I don't trust God nearly as much as I like to think I do I mean, I, I struggle with it, I admit that, but I think I have a pretty level trust in God to a certain degree, and apparently I don't. Um, you know, like Peter, when he takes his eyes off, Jesus starts to sink. I'm there. I have those moments. I'm sure we all do. But I want to tell this story today in order to bring glory to God. It's the whole point, right? Why did I go through what I went through this week? Well, to teach me something, to draw me close to the Lord, and to give me the ability to glorify God here in front of all of you. And now in the world beyond these walls throughout the week, when people ask, hey, where were you this past week? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you about how, how horrible a week I had and how God provided. and to glorify the Lord because he was faithful and true while I was an absolute mess. I can't say that enough. I, I don't want to go into too much detail about how much of a mess I was because it was bad. But God is good. Amen. Even when I doubt and disbelieve, even when you doubt and disbelieve, even when we fail to lean in, even when we give in to despair, God is good in spite of us, in spite of, in spite of where we're at, in spite of how faithful we might be able to be, God is good. And also, I'm pretty sure that the depths of Sheol and Houston are roughly the same thing. <laughs> I grew up there, I can talk God about it, right? That's fair. I lived there for 20 years. But to bring this to the close, I want to I want to give a confession of gratitude this morning I want to say that I'm thankful for our congregation all of you and, and those who aren't here this morning that are part of this in some way or another uh, who have prayed, who have reached out, who have been there in various ways thank you I'm thankful to the Lord for your Thankful that I had a place to stay, thankful that my mom let me bother her for a week. And I'm sure I did. I'm thankful that I got my meds while I was there and that I was able to recover from that horrible day of going through all that. I'm thankful that I got to see my mom and sister. I don't get to see them much. I don't get to Houston. We haven't been to Houston in a while. Uh, We've missed holidays in Houston because of COVID and different things and so we just haven't been down there much. Um, So I'm thankful for that. I'm also thankful that I got to see my sister at Nego Nico's, which is a Greek place that I love. So that was really good to you. Um, I'm thankful that the Yukon is fixed and working again. Got all the way home, didn't have any problems. That's a relief. Thankful that it home safely. Thankful to be here this morning telling y'all about just how good God is. And that's all I have. And I know that might be shorter than the normal, and it might not sound like the normal sermon that I would give. But I'm, I'm just in a place where I'm thankful and that's all I got for now. Next week, things will hopefully be back on track normal. We'll go into Psalm 119 again. we we'll God bless each and every one of us, all of y'all, and continue to do so whatever it is we go through. We pray for